This is Upload Media. podcast that matters the only one that's right yeah it's, it's <laughs> other bitches it's othered motherfuckers <laughs> welcome back welcome we're happy to have you always surprised that you return right it's a shock to me shooketh same <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'm caleb i'm sarah and uh, we're just going to get into it because we have no idea what we're talking about today. Yay! Because sometimes I think that there's too many things to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like so much happening in the world, around us, in our own personal lives. Mm. The holidays are here. Ugh. It's gross. Disgusting. It snowed. Oh, yeah. But, which I like the snow, but I don't like the cold. And I know that we can't have snow without cold. Right. But it's yeah, like, they go hand in hand. It's pretty to look at from inside my warm home. Yeah. Yeah, but then I have to leave. Yo. Gross. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got on that. Okay, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> thanks for all. Thanks. Uh, thanks Don't all forget for to listening. listen, like, share, review. <laughs> Until next all right, time. All right, bye. <laughs> The producing magic. That's what I do. That's oh, what I do. Oh my god! That's why we keep you around. Producer of You're my so dreams. So hot right now. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> it's a shame there's a desk between I us. I know. Oh. Do I need to leave the room, boys? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Sarah. I know you'd love to watch. I actually love gay porn. Yes. I know this about you. Yes, <laughs> especially when it's like a gay man and a straight man. And the gay man seduces the straight man. Oh, shit. Yeah. Here's the difference between you and I is that, like, you like a story. I do. And I just like the fucking. <laughs> Caleb, like, yeah. Caleb's like, all right, let's come skip on. to the end. Come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Where's the cum shot? <laughs> <laughs> so now you know more well, about me go. and my porn habits. Hooray. Yay. Thanks for showing back up and listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it always takes a sexual turn. There is. Yeah. And here's the deal is that sex is a part of life. Not for us right now. Well, though, not for others. For, right. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of our sex lives. Crickets. <laughs> There's oh. some cobwebs. I don't think I can get a cobweb sound. <laughs> no. I don't think those make sounds, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what have you been up to, Sarah? Tell me everything. Okay. Um, we had Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. AKA Genocide Day. Right. And Settler I've, Colonialism Day. Yeah. Ew. Fuck the Pilgrims Day. Yeah. And I've been pretty intentional in the past couple years about not celebrating Fourth of July and not celebrating Thanksgiving. That's so unpatriotic. Yes. I am. Right. Yeah. Unpa- an unpatriotic gal. I love our country, but I'm not patriotic because yeah. we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I think there's a difference between loving the country and like being here for the work, but like also not. I'm not a patriot proud of 
of our past. Right. And some of our current. Because I don't think we come to terms with it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're because... still doing fuck shit. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I go to the celebration, mm-hmm. I am not celebrating. And this year we had to go around and say what we were thankful for. And there were a lot of people there. You do that as a tradition in your family? We did this time because oh, okay. um, we're trying to create new traditions because my grandparents have passed. Oh, I'm so sorry. that thanks. Um, we had some family there, some family friends. And my mom was like, let's all go around and see what we're thankful for. So I was like, okay. And it came time for my turn. And I was like, I'm really thankful for my family. Love you guys so much. And I'm really thankful for the indigenous people whose land that we stole and whose ancestors we killed. And how'd that go over? Well, <laughs> Anthony was like, you know, you did that last year. And uh. every, <laughs> every time you do that, I look at your family's faces and they're all just like mm, <laughs> wide eyed, probably wishing I would shut the fuck up. Uh, but I just I, love it. I need them to know I will be here, mm-hmm. but I'm not celebrating what you're celebrating. Sure. And when you know, when we're kind of done with that my kids are going to be taking a different path. Like Mm. we're not, we're not there. I'm teaching them much different things than I was taught or just, um, I don't even want to say encouraged to believe, but not taught to question. Mm. And we don't do that in La Casa de Sarah. Right. So yeah, good times. I mean, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where you're like calling, um, out the truth. Right. And I think a lot of white people exist in their privilege without ever having to confront it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what that is. So that's that's bold. And that's, you know, it's who I am, man. Yeah. And I love that about you. And I love fucking up a party. If yeah. there's nothing else. Let's make everybody uncomfortable. I will make everybody <laughs> wish they weren't there. <laughs> and I feel like I, I succeeded that yeah. when I really try. <laughs> I I love that <laughs> for you. Hashtag come to Sarah's house for holidays. Uh, yeah, no, I actually your house is wonderful. Thanks. And I do love your family um a lot. Like your mom is so sweet. Yeah, I love my mom. Anyway, that's that's how I spent my Thanksgiving. I also don't like turkey, but my mom refuses to break tradition. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll make chicken. I kind of like am a don't give a fucker. Yeah. 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 If, if no one's picked up mm-hmm. on that yet. Oh yeah. No, I know that about you for sure. Caleb squinting at me right yeah. now with his It's like face. one of those things where like Sarah, you like what you like. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that is like definitely outside of that. <laughs> and I respect if other people don't like what I like, mm-hmm. but I think there's room for what you like and what I like. Mm. I love that at one point you told me that you like to go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wanted Craig to believe I was a better person than I am. I don't know. I believed you. I think I, I feel like I do go with the flow. Yeah. Your own flow. I go with other people's flow too, unless I have a very strong opinion. Strong opinion. Which you do about I almost do everything. Not. Chicken versus turkey. Listen, I don't like turkey. And turkey is one of those things that no one eats except for on Thanksgiving. When's the last time, like, you guys go to the grocery store and you're like, you know what I want? Can I have a whole turkey? And then I'm going to take it home and I'm going to brine it. And then I'm going to fucking bake it. And then I'm going to carve it. No one does that. It's so much work. Right. And it's gross. Well, I mean, like, honestly, okay, if the 
if the Hyvees or if the Krogers or the world or the Publix or whatever, wherever you're at, sold rotisserie turkeys. You would not buy it. Would would you or would you not buy those? Okay, nobody would. I I'll I'll, I'll say this. The amount of effort it takes to make a good turkey, like just to have it taste halfway decent. a little bit worse than chicken. I'm like, well, then why wouldn't I just start Get a chicken. with chicken, which right. takes like 10 seconds to make good. And is everywhere. There's a different and flavor it's... profile for a turkey versus Caleb, a chicken. I'm going to punch your face. Like, I just don't like turkey, okay? And you're a, you are entitled to that opinion, and, and so I love that for my you. my going with the flow is fine. We can have turkey, but I'm going to also make chicken. Right. So I do go with the flow. Okay. I just bring my own canoe. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Caleb, let's judge you now for a little bit. <laughs> Got on a new plaid shirt I haven't seen before. I've had this shirt for like... 10 plus years. Oh. It's from like Aeropostal. It actually looks like Or that. American Eagle or yep. something like that. So mm-hmm. I have no, I mean, like they were probably on their out and out. If, are there still American Eagle stores? There are. No We way. heard an advertisement for it. And Zayla no was like, I don't way. shop there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I remember you don't. when that and like Hollister were like everything. Yep. And Abercrombie. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was wow, throwback. That wearing makes old. clothes from those hateful, bigoted stores. Yeah. It was it was a it was a time in history. It for absolutely sure. was. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, so aside from what I'm wearing, my Thanksgiving was <laughs> rather uneventful. It was uh, kind of anticlimactic. Um, every year I spend my holiday if with I say my best in friend's Iowa, family with yeah with Marie Marie's family and uh, they're sweet and they're precious and I love them with my whole heart. Um, but sometimes I, like, I definitely just feel like there's a gap between like me not being a part of the family, but being like the only outsider in that space sometimes. And they're so good to me. Like they definitely make me feel included in like all of the family things, um, birthdays and holidays and all that stuff. Um, but it's like it was more of like a felt sense where I feel still kind of on the outside. Um, so it is interesting to show up to family events and to like have to be there for hours i feel that i Um, feel like an outsider even when i'm with my family yeah um and like they all know that i'm gay but like for the longest time when i did first move here and like i tried as much to like not yeah to like not be myself when i was there and now it's just like whatever you know, um, but it's never talked about. You know, they never asked me if I'm like seeing somebody or anything like that. So it's it, it's kind of like it is with my my family, with uh, Mark and Barbara. They just um, don't talk about it. Do you think that's because they're not comfortable, or are they waiting for you to say something first? I honestly don't know because I've never brought it up because it's never been brought up. You know, mm. so like I we might be at that kind of stalemate. You know, where it's not necessarily their job to try to open that door if they think that I might be uncomfortable sharing that information but it's also like I'm kind of waiting for it to be made okay you mm-hmm. know what I mean um but that all being said I didn't have Thanksgiving with them because um Marie's mom got COVID and so I was home I wish you would have called me you could have come for my genocidal comments yeah that would have been fun yeah because you know how much I love you know uncomfortable situation i know <laughs> just as much as everyone else there right. in the room i'm sure i mean it's fine i like 
I do need to invest more energy into um, rocking the boat and being okay with, you know, the discomfort because there's a lot of things I'm not okay with, right? Um, but that it's still hard for me. I, like, tend to shut down, clam up, and avoid confrontation or any kind of, you know, argument. And you know that about me. I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I don't know, coward, I guess, when it comes to confrontation. I don't think you're a coward. But I think you could Maybe stand to learn harsh. a few things from me, and sure. I could definitely stand to shut the fuck up sometimes, mm. too. I don't know. I like your voice and I appreciate your voice. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I, there were like basically care packages and we took them home and I ate my turkey and mashed potatoes and pie at home mm. with my new TV. Ooh. I, I had a friend come over and help me put that up. But other than that, like it was pretty chill. It was relaxed. I didn't, I was kind of grateful to not have to be around as many people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Because like I've been leaning into my introvertedness. I know, I love so, that. I know, I love it too. It's the best. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's all we've got to share about Thanksgiving. Right. I really want for you to be more outspoken. <sighs> I know. And Craig really wants Caleb and I to like get into a physical fight. I'm just here for the content. <laughs> Do you know what? I think part of it stems from this um, like insecurity where I have a hard time speaking when I'm emotionally activated. Mm. I'm the sa- I'm a I'm a shutdown. I can't talk. Right. And if I, I'm really frustrated, I, get, I literally cannot speak. Yeah, I stutter or I say the wrong words and I feel like every time that I've been in in an argument or a confrontation with somebody and I say the wrong word, it's like that's used as like a, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. So I just like, I have a hard time when I'm angry or frustrated knowing how to express myself. Mm. Um, and my mind just goes haywire. Like it just like the alarms are all blaring and I can't hear my own thoughts because my emotions are so high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do know what that feels like. And so I shut down. And so I don't know how to how to speak or how to use my voice when I'm in those places. And I... the only time that I've <clears throat> felt any kind of confidence in, you know, experiencing my emotions and talking through it was when I was in acting class. And so I, I feel like there's an, uh, maybe a want or a desire to, like, channel that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an act of vulnerability, I think, in a lot of ways totally. to, like, show my anger, to let it show. Yeah, because then you I think what I was thinking of when you were <clears throat> saying that is it takes an emotionally mature and available person to be mm. in confrontation with. I <clears throat> was telling my therapist a couple weeks ago that I wanted to write a letter to, or a call somehow Uh tell my birth mom like how much I fucking hate her and I wanted mm. to say like purposefully very mean things and hurt her feelings and get it all out and she was like well why don't you and I was like well when I was thinking about it I'm like she's not my equal emotionally mm. um, she isn't equipped for that and so I get it like I think that if you are expressing your anger or frustration or sadness to someone who doesn't have the capacity to maturely, um, I guess, take in what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's going to be shitty, Mm. but hopefully 
you are building relationships where people respect and value you and you should be able to say whatever you have to say, however that comes out and be able to push past that discomfort Mm. that everyone might feel and move on. Yeah. Doesn't mean you, they might not be angry or they don't have to like what you've said, but it shouldn't create a rift. Yeah. And I, I know that I experienced that a lot too, when I was the manager of a restaurant too. And like, I would be angry with one of my staff members and trying to figure out how the how to best address the situation, um, and you know, for better or for worse, um, I would put on this act almost of like the sassy gay guy who would like throw shade, mm. and I would do so in like a passive aggressive way, mm-hmm. and I think that that is like true of a lot of my confrontations in the past has been in a passive voice. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't make it less aggressive. It's just passive, Mm -hmm. you know, or um, I'll hold on to a grudge or a resentment and you'll feel it because I will make sure you feel it by silent treatment or, um, you know, whatever. I don't have that at all. <clears throat> it's not healthy that I do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm aware that it's not healthy. Well, I'm not saying that my way is better, but it's just so interesting because when I get triggered, I speak on it immediately. Like there mm. is no walking away. I mean, there is, but that's that extra second of thought and telling myself don't engage. But my immediate reaction is like fight, not flight. Mm. I just the other day, yesterday, my dad uh, got mad at my mom because she threw away expired hot cocoa mix. And I'm like, okay, first of all, what the fuck? And he was like, who does that? And just because it's expired doesn't mean you have to throw it away. And it's like, well, yeah, it does because right. it had an expiration date. He was so mm. upset. And then I heard me reacting. And then I was like, what are you doing? Mm. Because this is like $2 hot cocoa mix sure. that was expired. And now it's not here. So what are right. we going to do about it? Nothing. Right. But I wish that I could disengage more often than I do. But well, I get so heightened that I yeah. can't. It's it's hard to you know breathe in the moment to remember to like take a step back and to understand what's happening Mm -hmm. and what not necessarily what's happening out in front of you, but like what's happening in you. Yes. Right. Um, and those like moments where you have like, Oh, I should like think about this don't happen very often for me, but I'm starting to notice them more and more, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm trying to do, you know, some internal work and some internal like self-awareness, whatever. Um, but it still doesn't make it easier. It's just like, Oh, I have this opportunity now to like maybe make a different choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like know when, like what battles to choose to fight, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's just the hill you want to die on this Mm -hmm. $2, like hot cocoa mix. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that particular situation, like I find my inner child is super triggered Mm. and I'm always feeling like I need to protect that child in me. Um, but yeah, then I had that second where I'm like, bitch, you don't even, you're not even drinking it. Like who the fuck cares? Sure. And it was like $3 and he is a grown ass man getting upset about something dumb. Yeah. 
And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is stupid. Mm. But it is interesting to have that moment where you're like, should I react? Here are my choices. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? And sometimes I let myself just fucking react. Mm. And then I, you know, go down the rabbit hole of wherever that leads. But sometimes I don't. And then I feel really good about myself. Because I'm like, I chose a different path. Sure. I chose to not engage. Well, for me, it's almost the difference between like not engaging, right? I'm always not going to go, not going to engage, right? I'm going to not engage whenever possible. <laughs> so it's either I not engage and then I like obsess about that experience yeah. for like the next like seven days, mm-hmm. month, year, mm-hmm. or I disengage and I allow that experience to be what it is and I let it go, mm-hmm. you know. But I, how often do I let it go? Mm-hmm. Almost never. Mm. You know, that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. And it's like overthinking those like conversations or experiences where I like didn't say something that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I rarely have those times. That it, sounds like freedom <laughs> in some ways. It's not. Me. I mean, it is, but it's not. And mm. I think, you know, I say a lot of shit that I shouldn't say or that wasn't necessary it wasn't contributing anything to that moment it's almost like you have to figure out like is this a situation that needs resolution or is this just like anger that's just going to dissipate because this is a nothing scenario yeah right like because there's scenarios where it's like oh i didn't engage and now i'm going to be upset about this forever because that scenario needed resolution and i never gave it resolution and then there's scenarios where it's like I'm glad I didn't engage. There was nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. Now I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's, for me, that's tough trying to figure out like what actually needs energy. Yeah. Cause like my first reaction is like, I'm just going to shut down. And then I'm like, yeah, but if I don't interact, I'm going to stew. Yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. Cause that fire's still hot. Yeah. Hot. Be that, simmering on that stew for a little bit. That non-interaction is a trigger for me too. Mm. Like when I'm upset and I see someone just, not react at all. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get mad. Let me see some emotion. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I know. I mean, I get it too, but on the flip side, if that was me like shutting down and becoming like a stone wall to you, then it would be like a way to protect <laughs> myself, right? And I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're being so aggressive. I can't, you know, I can't engage without feeling, you know, utterly Attacked. terrified. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how different people are. I know. And there's no right way. <clears throat> there are just ways. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. of sometimes those ways are more useful than others. Mm. I think, yeah, taking the judgment out of it, right? Like nothing is good or bad. It just, it just is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do, I get caught up in that like, oh, well, you're just, you're not, you're not good, Caleb, because you're not like being honest with your emotions or you're not showing up and being present or vulnerable or whatever. Um, and you're not getting any of that resolution, right? Like, I don't know. I get, I, I get in my head about it. I'm going back to having a, like a sparring partner who's equal. Mm. Like if you're not in disagreement with someone who is able to stay with that and like work with it until it's, resolved Mm -hmm. then there's no point in you participating totally and i think that power dynamics definitely come into play with this right Mm -hmm. like what you're saying um and that actually just brought up this experience that a friend of mine has been telling me about 
with their parents where they feel like, you know, even as they're an adult, they have a hard time, like, in their mind, breaching this kind of power dynamic that they have with their parents. They're like, their parents are the power, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have any power. And that, like, the parents are continually par- parenting this adult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, there is space and space for parents to continue to parent their kids, even if their kids are adults. Right. But it's almost like in the way that my friend has been, you know, traumatized by either the neglect or like the gaslighting or whatever that happens or the emotional neglect that happens that happened in their childhood. Mm -hmm. Right. That it's just a continuation thereof. So how do you break down those power dynamics that actually don't exist? I mean, or do they exist? I don't know. They clearly exist for your friend. Sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel like they're present. Well, can you change power dynamics in relationships? I think you can. And I think that the way you choose to show up, you know, does inadvertently alter those around you. Mm. But whether they're going to do the work or not, that's on them. Sure. Um, yeah. You can just choose not to participate, which is not necessarily like being passive, but it's like making an active choice to not be a part um, or to stand up. I mean, that is one thing I'm good at. I will stand up for myself if Mm. I feel like something is unjust or unfair. I'm being treated in a way I don't want to be treated. doesn't mean I'm like going to remove myself from the equation always, but I will say something about it. Mm. Um, And then that's on that person to accept accountability And then if I notice that, um, you know, they choose not to change, then again, it gives me another active choice to alter whatever I have to, to continue to either be in relation or move Mm. away. You know what I was thinking about when you were just talking about that experience is that like, it all sounds so like easy in theory. Well, sure. Right. <clears throat> but we we stay in these relationships. Let's say let's just say, you know, for example, um it's a parent and a child, mm-hmm. even if that child is an adult, right? An adult child. That that those relationships are still very important to all involved. Mm-hmm. Right? And if the adult child starts to show up in a different way, right? And trying to maybe address the inequality in power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Um And to come at it with that attitude of like, I'm going to show up and do, you know, I don't know, do the work, show up, try to, you know, advocate for myself or whatever, call out, you know, bullshit. Um, But that relationship could be broken. Mm -hmm. That relationship could change in a way where it won't be able to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And so there's that fear of that broken relationship. Right. Even if like, so it's a lot easier for the adult child to you know stay in that dynamic because it's quote-unquote safer Mm -hmm. and i see that a lot of times too with people who are in abusive you know romantic relationships Mm -hmm. where it's like safer or more emotionally um comfortable than familiar yeah familiar um than to you know stand up or to um advocate for oneself or to um leave Mm -hmm. that that emotional situation of leaving or setting boundaries or um, having a broken relationship is more uh, devastating Mm -hmm. than it would be to just stay in the relationship where it's 
toxic. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I will say um, I do a good job at, not romantically, (laughs) Mm. but um, with family. Um, I don't need to be present for that shit. I have physically removed myself when scenarios don't feel good to me. And then that's on everyone else how they choose to react to me. And if they choose, you know, not to fuck with me after that, that's on them. But I'm going to hold true to my values. I'm going to do what feels right for me. And I think that we're conditioned to believe that our own autonomy has to, like, come at the expense of everyone else feeling good about the way we're choosing to navigate our lives. And I just don't subscribe to that. I think you can advocate for yourself and push for change and still be respectful, but it doesn't mean I have to be present. And then if you don't want to do the work to like meet me where I'm at, then that shows me that there's a lot more love that I, you know, I'm going to now give myself to nurture that part of me that you don't want to nurture. Sure. Um, But I think it's, and yeah, it is easier said than done. And it doesn't mean that it feels good when I like leave my family when they're talking about shit I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um, just I, we were talking about on the podcast episode, I had cousins and an uncle here and they were talking about how they all support Ron DeSantis and the book bans mm. and abortion. And I was like, OK, I'm leaving. Um, I don't want to I don't want to be around it. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. I to continue to be the person I want to be. I come first all the time. Mm. And that is something I think all humans share is that we're pretty individualistic. And generally, we do come first before anyone else in our well, lives. Well, that's definitely like a Western yes. society, yeah. social norm. Here in America, yeah. we're like number one in our own mm-hmm. lives. And not that like my needs are greater than yours, but if I'm not a whole happy person, then your needs can't be honored ever. Yeah. Um, I have to like feel good so that I can mm. do for you things. I feel like you just posted on your Facebook story a quote from Bell Hooks. I did. That had to do with individualism I versus did. Com- community. Yeah. And I, f- I, I, want, I wonder if you could pull that up for me. But um, I yeah, I, I hear a lot of times people worrying about being selfish by taking care of themselves in not necessarily in conflict or instead of taking care of their family, but like there's this paradox that they, that, that exists, right. Taking care of the individual and of the community, mm-hmm. whatever that community looks like, if that's your family or whatever. Um, and that those things aren't mutually exclusive. No. Right. That you, you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of the community. Yeah, you do. So the, what is this quote from bell hooks? Read it for me. That's not the one. Is this but not it, the one? It's not the it's one? It's not. And I don't have service down here. But it is mm. true-ish. We'll keep looking. Yeah. I just feel like <clears throat> if it was my kids, um, and if they ever felt like I was so detrimental to their emotional well-being or physical well-being, I would want them to make the tough choice. And even though I might feel a way... Ultimately, I would understand why they would choose not to be around me or choose to leave or choose not to put effort into our relationship or whatever. Um, And I think that, yeah, by taking care of themselves, they can continue to take care of me. Yeah, this is not the one either. (laughs) 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 She's trying so hard. She talks so much about individualism that it's just so hard. I can't find your stories anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's expired. Um, but yeah, individualism is tricky. 
Yeah. And I, so I was, had a conversation with my mom yesterday um, and she recently moved back to like her hometown and now she's in a space where she has more contact with her immediate family. Mm-hmm. It's like her mom and her sisters. Her dad passed away last year, but that's kind of why she moved there was to kind of reestablish relationships to help take care of her aging parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but the family is so broken. Like there's there's like almost factions, you mm-hmm. know, where um, because there's been divorce or whatever, like so, some sisters don't talk to other sisters. Um, and my mom's kind of in the middle of it. Like she has, like she moved away, you know, when she was young, when she got married to my dad and, you know, then had me and my brother. But all the while, like in Texas, my extended family is kind of going through all these like really intense, dramatic, breaking, re- broken relationships and betrayals and reparations and like all these different things, right. That are happening in this relationship, uh, in that family. And now she's in the middle of it and she's like heartbroken because she's trying to repair all of these broken relationships and she can't, she can't do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's trying her best to take care of the community, but also to like, she's feeling consider herself, right. She's feeling caught up because she or exhausted because she's not taking care of herself either. Right. Um, and so having that conversation with her last night was so interesting Mm. and so hard to like, try to try to convince her to continue to take care of herself, even when she's like, no, it's too selfish, you know? And I want to be there to like help whoever, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I found the quote. Oh, did you? Yeah. We have to beware of the extent to which liberal individualism has actually been an assault on community when the genuine staff of life is our interdependency is our capacity to feel both with and for ourselves and other people. Yeah. It's a both and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a yes. And I don't know, but they do kind of constantly feel like they're mutually exclusive. They do. But I think like that's the, I don't know, we've been programmed to believe that you can't care for yourself and care for others or that if you care for the community, you're doing so at the expense of your care. Like Mm. the more you care about the community, the less there is for you. And like the more you care about you, the less there is for community. But it's like you, this kind of, goes back to pleasure activism Mm. like your Mm -hmm. own needs have to be met for you to do that work and also what Mimi was saying like if she wants to continue to be an activist Mm -hmm. and engage on the level that she engages on or in she has to take breaks yeah otherwise she'd burn out and she has nothing left to give to the community yeah it's so hard to find that balance though I know and I think it looks different well I think you'll know but I think it looks different at different points in your life too And I think that's one thing that we don't do well as humans. We can't predict the future. So sometimes Mm. we feel like where we're at now, like that's it. But your capacity is always changing. It's fluid. Um, So self-care and community care, they look different depending on what community you're in or where you're at personally. Or what your community needs. Yeah. Yeah. But to think that like, well, this is how I cared for the community when I was 13. So that's all I've got to give now. It's like, well, probably not. Right. It probably is going to shift. Yeah. 
that's yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like it's it, my mind's kind of going haywire. I feel like it's a lot to think about, but um, I don't know. Okay, well, should we take a break and come back to that thought? Yeah, there's a lot here. Okay, yeah, this, this was a deep first half. So take a break, have some tea, and we'll be back. Welcome back. Welcome. We're here. We're back. Other. Here and queer. <laughs> woo woo. Um, so the topic at hand is essentially individualism versus communalism. <laughs> Communism. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think for me, I've been trying to figure out how best to let go of my selfish, self-centered um, way of living. And how to, I don't know, rely more on a community. Collectivism. Collectivism. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I really, Thank you, I Greg. needed to fix that. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, um, because, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of friends and I feel like I've even seen it on social media that there's like this um, kind of conversation that happens a lot with people so much so that you, there's like memes being made about it. Um, that there's, you know, this drive to, you know, reject the um, existing mode or model of, you know, community of uh, civic duty and all those things and to like go buy a plot of land where you and your friends can go live on and like be self-sustaining. Yeah. But, you know, in a lot of ways we, we have a broken model, right. In our cities, in our villages, in our towns or whatever, you know, that like we could at some point, you know, be engaging in a collectivist mindset about our city, about wherever we're living. Right. And that's why, you know, when we pay taxes to, you know, the city or the state or whatever, that there's, you know, allocated funds for things like schools and for, you know, public programs and all that stuff. Right. Um, but then there's people, you know, who are a little bit more individualistic, I'll say, who say that those programs aren't for me or aren't for my family. And so, um, like, I remember specifically this happened in Marion and Cedar Rapids is this idea that uh, um, public funds should be also allocated to help scholarship private schools. Mm. Do you remember that? Or that's still kind of a, yeah, it's a new voucher, thing this year, voucher. right? The vouchers, Shit. right? And the conversations all happen around like, well, my kids don't go to public schools, so I shouldn't have to pay taxes to pay for public schools. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly like, it, it, get, it got so frustrating to me because I don't have kids, right? But I still pay taxes. And now my taxes are going to also help fund your kid going to a private school which was your choice right 
you know, and it, it, like, it just makes no sense to me that there's like that level of individualism mm -hmm. about that concept, about that specific issue mm -hmm. where like these, you know, relatively well off people sending their kids to private school are, um, you know, fighting for the public to fund their school funds, mm -hmm. their school tuition for their kids. It, it got so convoluted and so complicated in these conversations that I kind of just like threw up my hands and said, fuck that, you know, fuck all of it. And I got so mad. Fuck all your like, kids. Right. Fuck all the kids. <laughs> no, that's actually, I, I love funding public schools. I think, you know, those, they're important institutions in our society. Right. Um, and I understand that some people don't agree with, you know, or have issues with the public schools in, in our community. Um, but the issue, the, the solution isn't to remove the kids, right? The kids need to go to school, right? So you need to fix the model. You need to fix the system. But mm -hmm. nobody wants to put in the work to fix the system. Because it takes time and it's hard. Right. And then we oh have to no. change. <laughs> and then we have to focus on other people besides us. Right, exactly. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those people's values might be different than yours, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to, you know, the issues of you know, a lot of private schools are, you know, very religiously affiliated mm -hmm. um and a lot of parents you know want their kids to be raised with a certain kind of religious spiritual formation mm -hmm. right but then there's kids that are you know who grew up like me who are gay yeah. you know or Not poor gay. or you know ah. whatever and it's like i i feel so bad for the trans kids in the state or any of the kids who are LGBTQ, um, and how the funds from their education are being allocated to, you know, normies, mm -hmm. you know, well-off normies to go to their religious bigoted schools, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it it got to be the it got to the point where like I couldn't have this conversation with some of my friends about it because they're on the side of the school vouchers, and I was like, I don't see any reason why that should be okay. So I have three different friends who send kids to private schools. Mm. One is extremely liberal. Um, and I know that it was a big decision for their family to send their child to um, private school just because their child hated school, like mm. hated school. And as a parent, I do understand that if your child isn't engaging with the environment then they're not going to be successful so there's only so much you as a parent can do to work with your school to get them to engage your <clears throat> child from afar sure um so i get that and i know that those school vouchers like really made a difference for that family mm. i know what the morals and values that that family holds and so i'm like good for you sure i have another friend who um grew up catholic sends their kids to Catholic school, they have never attempted a public school situation. So I'm like, send your kids to fucking public school because mm. why? And you're not even a practice, a practicing Catholic family. You just grew up Catholic. Mm. Then I have another friend who sends kids to private schools because um, they're a brown family and they were in a school district that wasn't, or I shouldn't say a school district, but a zone. Um, that was pretty detrimental to their brown kids. Mm. 
So it's like, it's tough because I do want you guys and your children and your families to excel and be happy. I want kids to be engaged in school because if you're not engaged in school, you won't be a productive member of society who can then in turn pay taxes for public school. Mm. Um, But it's really hard because I'm like, isn't there another way or like why, why am I paying for it? Cause my kids aren't going there and I have the same problems with the school district as anyone else. Sure. I just am choosing to work through it differently. Maybe. Sure. It's really hard. I totally get what you say. And I, for one was not, I didn't really, I didn't vote for the vouchers. Um, but it's tricky because it's like, I don't know. I care about like the community care of those kids being in my circle and Mm. I want what's best for them. Totally. But it's like, am I going to put the needs of like the 10 kids I know, uh, you know, before like the The collective thousands? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Right. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's not a clear cut, easy decision to be made right mm-hmm. and i don't want to like derail you know the podcast with that specific issue no but, I but think that's it's, an example it's telling. of you know of the way that we look at or treat you know the individual needs versus the collective needs mm-hmm. um and of course we want to take care of the individual but is it at the expense of the collective right you know and that's the the conundrum that i feel like a lot of our communities are facing mm-hmm. um and it just so happens that oftentimes the people with power, the people with money happen to be white, happen to be cis, happen to be hetero. Um, and their individual needs are taken care of mm-hmm. before any of us. What I will say is before that for the minorities, ouch! all three of those families still receive financial assistance in addition to the financial assistance that the voucher provided. Mm. And I think that private schools have more access to private funding. Sure. They have donors and alumni who mm. give money for scholarships for children who cannot afford it. So right. in my mind, I'm like, just <laughs> ask your donors for more money. Right. Well, it's just like it, it comes down to me. My view on that specific issue is that a lot of those private schools don't have to um, accept a gay kid or no, a trans don't. kid. Or, or a black kid or a, or a brown kid. kid. Right. And so they get to be a little bit choosy about who they accept into their quote unquote school, into their quote unquote community um, based off of these very arbitrary or, you know, bigoted values, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like if you're if you're not a Christian, then you're not going to get accepted, you know. And so, like, <sighs> there's a lot of issues that I see with that. Um and I see it everywhere. It just it affects a lot of our lives, mm-hmm. and you know, especially I I'm talking about Cedar Rapids, our community, mm-hmm. but it happens all over, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm trying to learn how to switch my thinking mm-hmm. and to encourage others to maybe question their individualism, mm-hmm. um, because individualism leaves out a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's the people like me, mm-hmm. you know, and people like you mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, then you get like, yeah, there's just so many stigmas about people who need public funds and like, uh, 
like food stamps, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that whole idea of like the welfare queen, mm-hmm. you know, all those things are like very racially targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you look down on people, you know, because of the color of their skin or because of their socioeconomic mm-hmm. place, you know, but and it's they, systemic, you know, all these things are so hard to break. They're hard to fix because there's so much like public opinion that is geared towards looking down on people who need. Mm-hmm. Well, and we forget that, you know, theoretically, and I think practically too, when people have access to food and housing and safety, mm. it gives them chances to become people who can pay taxes. Yeah. So it's like, I think the goal isn't to be, and I know there's people that are like, well, I don't want to pay my money to help the people that aren't doing anything. And it's like, they are doing something, mm-hmm. but it's again, it's systemic. And it's really hard for people who make X amount of money. Like the way the taxes are set up, you hit a point where you're you're paying more and it it costs you more to pay taxes than it does to pay all of your other mm-hmm. bills and so you can't ever get ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a trap. It yeah. literally is. Well, it's expensive to be poor. It is. And then also like sometimes you can make more money by being poor. Yes. You know, by not going into a higher tax bracket Mm -hmm. you know so if you exist below the poverty line then you have access to food stamps and all these things but as soon as you make a dollar more than that poverty line then all of that assistance goes away Mm -hmm. and you still have all of those bills and all those needs to pay for yeah i was a thousand no i think less than a thousand dollars over the qualifications for like medicaid and stuff like that when i worked at Kraft cochran and i am i have like more access to helpful things than I did when I actually had a full-time job because I'm now below that line and I can be on Medicaid and I can be on stuff like that. So it's like, oh, the line for where this is is terrible because if you're above that line, you're still fucked. Yeah, (laughs) And it's like, what is that extra $500 a year like doing for you? Nothing. 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 Pays for my gas. Yeah, it's like $40 (laughs) a month. And it's like, that doesn't make a difference to Mm -hmm. households. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. It, Yeah. And so, like, to me, it, it, it's about thinking about things differently. Mm-hmm. Like, the collective needs help. The system needs help. The system needs to be broken or helped or and fixed. And rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I can understand both sides where it's, like, tear it all down, build up something new. Um, but I think there's a lot of people with privilege who are okay with the way things are because it doesn't affect them. Because it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. And because they're okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the individualism versus the collectivism that just sparks rage. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it, you know, people, and me too, I'm just to be clear, I'm a very privileged person. It's not like I live oh, in same. this land of a. I'm constantly being beaten down and oppressed. Oh, no, I'm so privileged. Yeah, and I just want to make that clear in these conversations. I Mm -hmm. don't want anyone to think that I'm like, woe is me. Not at all. I mean, obviously, yes, I face oppression, but I'm also living in a very very privileged world. Um, But it takes people with privilege to, like, again, love people that are different than them. Go make Mm -hmm. friends with people that are different than them. And I've always had a wide array of friends. I try I mean I very consciously make friends with people who are different than me and I'm aware when my friends start looking very similar to me like it's like okay now we need to 
make some different friends because you're only getting one perspective or you're only seeing these people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been really helpful in all of my, you know, shifting of beliefs. Um, because I've always been friends with people whose families make significantly less than mine did growing up. I've always been friends with people who are of color or, you know, I was aware that I was lacking on the LGBTQ diversity scale. Now I feel like I have a lot of friends who are significantly different from me Mm. and it makes me really value what's important to them because I love them Mm -hmm. and I can't picture a world where I don't know where I would vote against anything that would hurt you or where I would make a decision that would ruin your life. Right. I think it's important to remember too, that like when other people are living rich lives, um, that that affects your quality of life too, Mm -hmm. that like raising everybody up together, you know, like raising the bar, you know, helps everybody. It's not creating less for you. Right. It just means that now we're all there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the higher other people go, the higher you'll go too, because we're all getting better together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that scarcity mindset, you know, where there's like only so many resources. And so I have to take what's mine, you know, instead of sharing it, mm-hmm. instead of making it available or accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it's just really pervasive, the individualism. Yeah, it is. And uh, it makes me sad. So I'm trying to work on being more collectivist in my mind. Well, good. I think we in all do. I think it's a, a practice that is always evolving and should always be um, evolving. Mm. I think if you're like, well, I'm, I care about everyone, I'm done. Then it's like, okay, probably not. <laughs> probably go back to the drawing board. And right. Keep, keep thinking about what that looks like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that thought going into the holidays Mm, yeah in this time of individualism Mm -hmm. in our society in our culture where we're focused on what are we going to get and what am i going to get for christmas and Mm -hmm. what am i going to give my own people that i love for christmas sure just kind of forsaking everyone else yeah it'd be a good time to look at different food drives and things to be a part of Mm -hmm. yeah and i think this is an aspect of some of the spiritual, you know, programs that I've been involved in in the past year, but it's like, you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. Mm-hmm. Is this like idea, this concept that I feel like keeps getting drilled into my mind, um, that it makes it even better what you have when yeah. you're able to give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, that's, uh, that's what's on my mind. Well, I love that. I love you. I love you. I'm oh. so glad you're part of my community. Sam. <laughs> you too, Craig. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Craig. We oh, stop love it. you. Stop it. Such a good community. Mm. And for all of you that suck, get the fuck out of it. Right. I'm done with you. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's all we have for you today. Yeah. I hope that you enjoyed it. It's been a time. It's been a time. <laughs> <laughs> Not really sure what we yeah. said, but uh, uh, hopefully there was at least one. Hopefully you got yeah. Hopefully you got something out of it. Yeah. These uh, these wonderful ramblings that we uh, 
make everyone go on with right. us. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Words are hard for me today. Is it Monday? <gasps> it it's is Monday. Oh, gross. I like Mondays. I hate them. You do? Monday morning. Never mind. I like Mondays. Fleetwood Mac. Um, but Mondays have become my busy days. So gross gross okay well i hope that you're not listening to this on a monday um and that you have you know a great day okay love you bye okay well (laughs) thanks for listening please go like and review our podcast i'm done i look at our reviews i'm walking out the door and i don't see them yeah i'm not i need people to go leave us a review if you leave us a review with words i will read it on the podcast i will Give you your props. Oh, we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, we'll shout you out. Right. If you leave us a review with stars, I will notice that number going up. You're going to get one of these. Yeah. Right. Sarah's very into our metrics. I am. I pay attention. So it might feel like we don't know what you're doing, but I actually do know what you're doing. And I know who everyone's individual IP address is and where you live. Oh, God. Okay. So... (laughs) I don't. I don't look at the numbers, so I couldn't give two fucks if you're listening to me right now or not. Caleb! What? Like but you do care if people are listening. I think it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are like, oh my God, I listen to your podcast. It makes me really uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable too. And then I'm like, oh, your IP address, 750. Oh. No, I don't know where you are, but I do pay attention. So I notice yeah. these things. That's cute. And I'd just like you to support local. That's all. God bless. Quit being so selfish during this season. Right. Consider the community, which is me and Caleb and Craig. Send us a verbal tip. Yeah. Just my Venmo. Just kidding. You know what? No. I don't know my Venmo name, but if you, you want to send me a monetary tip, I don't really use it. Yeah. My Venmo is C scales. Okay. Yeah. At C scales. Send double to Caleb. Right. And then just put in the notes. We'll see if I share. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go look up your public record. I'm an individualist. Okay. It's all about me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye. At the end of the day, Caleb is still a white man is what we just learned. Oh, God. Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, it hurts, but it's true kidding okay but just go leave us a review that's all i want (laughs) (laughs) all that to say all that to say just don't be selfish yeah bitch yeah (laughs) okay well until next time guys love you love you peace